Today is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Trump responds to the latest indictment. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and share it. You can email us. You know the drill. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me to get through the news of the Cray, Billy Hallowell and Tragons Phillips. What's up, gentlemen? Happy hump day. What's shaking? Living the dream. Happy hump day. We're yep. halfway there. Halfway home. And look, we're covering aliens today. So gear up, everyone. <laughs> it's a conversation that's heating up. I put the over under on three months before this issue gets politicized. It hasn't happened yet, but we're still within my three-month time frame because and, they and haven't who will court them for votes that's what i want to know <laughs> it's gonna happen it's too it's too bipartisan right now and i'm like it's, it, that will fall apart at some point i mean i hate to be a debbie downer but usually aside from god all good things right. come to an end exactly well said <laughs> all right so that but that is coming up on the focus story right billy it is and on the main thing we're gonna have trey's conversation with christian actor hollywood mentor sherry rigby so looking forward to that on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Former President Donald Trump received another indictment on Monday night, this time indicted on 13 charges. Among those charges, solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, and more. Former Trump White House chief, of staff Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, and more were also charged. Trump has been indicted four times in 2023. Trump responded to the latest indictment and called the prosecuting DA corrupt and accused her of stalling her investigation until the election season in order to conflict with his re-election bid. Why didn't they indict two and a half years ago? Because they wanted to do it right in the middle of my political campaign, Trump said. Some of his allies in Capitol Hill are also speaking out. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy called the move, quote, a desperate sham, end quote. And Michael Orr, the retired NFL offensive tackle, whose story was the focus of the 2009 hit movie Blindside, he's alleged now that it was all a lie and that the family lied to make money off of him. You can read that story and more over at cbnnews.com. So a lot going on, obviously, the latest Trump indictment, the debate going back and forth on that. You can read the latest there at CBN as well. I found this Michael Orr story really, it's kind of sad on all fronts, guys, because it was such an inspirational story at the time. In 2009, you have somebody helping someone struggling as, as a youngster with a dad who wasn't in the picture and a mom who was addicted to drugs. This family took him in, but now there's this fracture here in a lawsuit and both sides are telling a different story. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard. We really can't have nice things, right? I mean, yeah. that's a movie that, you know, Sandra Bullock won the Academy Award. You know, people were praising the story and, you know, not that every part of the story is diminished, but it kind of you know, sullies it now at this point. And it's just, it's, but beyond that, I was thinking about the relationship between the family and him and even the way that it they were talking, you know, as you were sort of reading through with the comments that were being made, you could tell there was a real relationship there. So it's just, yeah. it's, a, it's a heartbreaking thing when these things go public. Yeah, no, it, it is a sad story. And I, I never really like when 
these, I mean, nobody likes these kinds of stories, but when both sides are telling something different, because then it just seems like it's kind of like a TMZ-ish drama story. And even if there's one side who's completely right and one side who's completely wrong, but I, I think this is more nuanced than that. But even if it was the, that kind of a story, you still end up feeling badly for both sides because they're human beings, right? These aren't just headlines. These are people yeah. whose lives are going to be impacted by it. And it's also hard to know the motivations. I mean, we're all sinful, broken people, but these stories often kind of lend themselves to be, this person is completely bad and this person is completely good. Uh, and the reality is usually somewhere in between. And it just makes me feel for everybody involved because, you know, it's a family. It's These are people who have feelings and, and have intentions that may have been good, may have been bad, but yeah, it's just, it's tricky to navigate stuff like this. He ended up becoming a very successful NFL player, had a very lucrative career. The family that brought him in, very successful family with business and everything else. It feels like a waste, you know, this great story yeah. that ends up right now with a broken family. So, I mean, I'm praying that there's just some sort of reconciliation there and that they figure out what actually happened and whatever differences they have, maybe there can be. That's a story I'd like to see happen in a couple years or sooner if possible. But how about they reconcile and get back together again? That would yeah, be something well, think, America needs. Yeah. It seems like a pretty provable case, too, because yeah. you have the family saying, you know, to get into the practical pieces of this, everybody divided the money equally, including him. If that's true... That part seems pretty pretty solvable. I think you know some of the other elements of the legal standing. I, it had me asking questions about his NFL career and all these other things too. You know, how did that play into all of this? I, I don't know. I haven't read the court document, but it really yeah yeah. I, I hope what you hope there's reconciliation no matter what happened here. Well, and I think it's sad too that this kind of story just highlights the problems with social media and the fact that it mm -hmm. preys on our basest instincts i think as as human beings because even like right now sandra bullock is trending on twitter all these people are trashing her and saying her oscar needs to be taken away from oh, her because geez. she must have known what was happening with this story and she agreed to do the movie anyway it's like come on you know when does when does the line when, where do we draw the line on the number of people we drag into this and ridicule uh without actually knowing the story and as believers obviously as both of you said our ultimate Hope is, of course, reconciliation and, you know, hope to see that sooner rather than later, as you said, Dan. Yeah. I mean, because you don't want people to be discouraged from helping others, right? Because that was, yeah. at least initially, that's what it appeared their motivation was. And we obviously, we can't know everybody's hearts, but that's what it appears their motivation was. I mean, they couldn't have known that he was going to be an NFL player or whatnot. For it to end this way, it's sad. And hopefully there's some reconciliation there and we'll definitely be praying for that. All right, now we're going to do a smooth transition over into aliens. So, <laughs> do they exist? Well, Billy sat down with an astrophysicist to discuss, so let's hear a little bit about what happened here. Well, we're going to solve the whole debate yeah. and discussion right now <laughs> on Just quick and easy. There we go. Um, well, so, yeah, this is really obviously a big question right now, and it used to be sort of relegated to the conspiracy enterprises, yeah. right? This was not something that was in the mainstream, but now we've got scientists, academics, we have people in Congress talking about this. And we sat down with Dr. Hugh Ross. He's an astrophysicist, and he's also an apologist. He's a Christian. So it's, he's an interesting person because he likes to look at the science of things, and he's a trained scientist, but also 
to look at things through a lens of faith. And so it's interesting when I was talking with him, he said, look, I became a UFO expert, but not on purpose. And that quote just made me laugh, you know, but he started talking about how he was an amateur astronomer. He became a professional astronomer and he ended up in a position where he was going, he was working at universities and they would put him in charge of any sort of claim of UFOs, of, you know, aliens. He would go and sort of investigate that and look at it and see through the lens of science if it was possible. And he concluded, and this is his belief, that 99% of what people report as UFOs, he can actually explain it naturally. It's either a hoax, a government, military activity. There's some explanation that is natural to it. Now, he said 1% of the people who come to him, they do seem to be experiencing something that falls in a different category. And this is what he would call a UFO. Um, But it's really fascinating when you sit down and talk with people like Hugh Ross because his belief is that you're not dealing at all with actual aliens. These are not aliens. They're not spacecrafts that there's not a physical thing happening in our realm. He believes that this is entirely spiritual and that this is happening in the spiritual realm and, you know, not to oversimplify his position because, um, you know, it's, it's a little complicated, but you can read about it over on Faithwire and CBN. But he believes that the spiritual is crossing over into our realm. Hmm. Very interesting. Why do you think he believes aliens might be sort of demonic in nature? Yeah, so he believes they're demons flat out. He said God created two different, you know, intelligent species, right? Humanity, human beings, and and angels. And so the belief that demons are fallen angels, it is it is a really interesting perspective. He kind of got into some of the details about space crashes and landings and all of these things where there's actually physical evidence that he has encountered, right? That something happened, but there's never any debris. There are never any artifacts. And you know, we've talked a lot about the, about this on the show, but we've had people like Janiza and Ex Psychic on the show. When you compare the experiences of people who have claimed to have encountered aliens, encountered UFOs, you know, Dr. Ross believes that those mirror what you hear people who claim that they've been possessed or dealt with spiritual warfare, that those things actually mirror one another. Um, and so that's one piece of the puzzle. But the big thing, and I thought this is really interesting, no matter where you stand on this discussion or debate, In the states and countries where the occult practices are the highest, those are the places where there's a higher incidence of claims of alien encounters and UFOs. Mm. That's interesting. So he believes there's a tie between those things, obviously, and that people are experiencing spiritual manifestations. That's very interesting. What are some of the more compelling arguments he's made on that front? Yeah. So, you know, he talked a lot about with that data point, right, that the more you see occultic practices, the more you're going to see those alien encounters. He really believes firmly that it's essential to shut those doors, right, that that every time a person, every bit of research he's done on this, there's never anything positive that comes from alien encounters, supposed alien encounters. It's always something negative. The person is struggling. The person is dealing with what he would believe to be spiritual warfare. They believe they're dealing with aliens, obviously, right? This is what culture is obsessed with. We're pulling away from God, and yet we're moving closer towards Mm -hmm. the idea of aliens. Um, And so, you know, getting into that data, though, he really believes that we need to be focused. And in his work, he wants to focus on pulling people away. He did talk about, and I think this is interesting, you know, that your, that, that a, a demon, a fallen angel, could appear as a dead relative. They could appear as a flying saucer. They could appear as whatever they want to appear as. 
And when you look at scripture, what it says about angels, it is interesting, right? You might entertain angels and not even know it. That would indicate they could take the form of a person, right? So as you dig into some of that, it's it's very um, it's very interesting, and it is. I mean, it's really it's really compelling. What are some of the uh, online chatter that we're seeing around this? I mean, because I've seen my share of people debating this. Does it impact our faith? You know, what does it mean if there's extraterrestrial life or whatever they label it as. And so um, this is a different spin on that. And I think um, it's certainly one worth considering. But have you seen in the Christian circles, especially people going back and forth on this? Yeah. I mean, some people have said, what does it matter? I mean, some Christians would say it doesn't matter at all. God could do, which is true. God could create whatever he wants to create. There could be other species out there, other creatures out there that God made. Um, But but, you know, at the same time, that counter argument of culture is so confused, this is another form of confusion, right? If if you go to a Ouija board, and some people think the Ouija board can't do anything, but let's say you go to a psychic or a Ouija board, and you're asking for help, the demonic presents itself as a dead relative, potentially. It presents itself as, as something else. And so this does, it is an interesting, whether it's true or not, and whether he's right or not, it dovetails, you know, with that ideology of tricking humans into being turned away from God. And so there's a lot of that kind of chatter back and forth on this. Again, is it physical or is it just spiritual? And I hadn't really heard this argument until I sat down with him. Yeah, yeah, definitely interesting. I mean, you've got to consider, you've at least got to consider these possibilities. I I would think this is somewhere we can all land on Christian, as Christians, to consider the spiritual realm and that it's not just, it didn't end in biblical times. I mean, we were just, my, I was telling Billy, my pastor just did a sermon on First Samuel, I think it's 28, with the witch of Endor, and, you know, Saul, God's just basically departed from Saul, he's not talking to Saul anymore, and Saul panics, and even though he had removed all of the the mediums out of that area, then he goes, are there any mediums left? And then he goes and finds this medium, and then he ends up seeing Samuel it, through this medium. So that sort of stuff happens in Scripture, and so I think we can't dismiss it out of hand, right, that that even if it's through through aliens or whatever mediums that we have to consider it at least as a possibility. Yeah, I think this potential for it to be spiritual warfare is fascinating to me because it's not an angle that I had ever actually thought about. Um, but I, I think there there definitely seems to be some veracity to it because as you said, Dan, this is stuff that's talked about throughout scripture. And I think as a culture now, I don't know if it's just because of technology or the further we get removed from kind of trusting in like which doctors as a culture and we've moved past like using that kind of stuff as a civilized culture so maybe because it's not as accessible in our minds we don't think there's any truth to it but the truth is is that our we battle not against flesh and blood as scripture says right most of or all of the the battles that we face have a spiritual component or are completely spiritual so the possibility that this could be another form of the enemy trying to attack us or get to us through uh, spiritual manipulation is uh, why not? Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I could believe that as, as being true. All right. Well, we're definitely gonna keep this one on our radar, Billy. I know you'll have, uh, you'll have many updates as little green men appear on the earth uh, in the future. No, I, I mean, all kidding aside, it is something we'll certainly keep on the radar. So appreciate you bringing that one. We're going to head now over to the main thing and trade a conversation recently with Christian actor Sherry Rigby and talked about her new movie, Divine Influencer, the spiritual root of the problems social media has revealed in our society and 
how she works to empower women to create God-honoring entertainment in Hollywood. That's today's main thing. We've turned this uh, phone, this device now, on, on ourselves all the time, whether it's a selfie or whether it's for eyes, mind, in a cell phone. I mean, it's really what rules our world day in and day out. Something that I think our culture has done a horrible job with yeah. with social media is if we've turned mirrors all on ourselves exactly. right we're so self-centered uh, and that ends up with a whole slew of other problems right we end up being super self-conscious our self-esteem goes way down yes. there are so many problems and, and toxicity I think that's come with social media mm -hmm. so I think talking about these issues mm -hmm. in a way that really connects with people which so often is entertainment right right, right. Um, tell me about that and, and why you think it's important to tell this kind of story in this culture. So often what it's doing is it's contributing to this uh, crisis that we have in our culture. And so they just released a statement, um, actually the government, which was really surprising, that they said we are starting to see the highest rate of suicides among young women in the world that we've ever seen. And it's the first time that they've, you know, they're starting to really recognize the side effects that social media is having on our youth. And so we are really facing an identity crisis. We're facing a culture crisis. And so uh, I think, why would we not though? Yeah. You know, when God says, serve me first and serve others second, and here we have a world that's all about serving ourselves, why would it not become a, a, a crisis in our culture? Yeah. And so I think this movie is really specifically to deal with that. You know, the, the nice thing about Olivia Golden, though, is that she's a really likable character, and there's a lot of people that are out there in the world influencing that are not likable characters, and they're doing despicable things. But I think for her, her influence really, we start to see it unravel, yeah. and then ravel back up, but ravel, come back together again in a God-honoring way. And so I think that's what our culture needs as well, is it's unraveling, we're watching this crisis, and hopefully we'll start to see the shift change and we'll start to see people realize, no, I, this is, I'm completely lost. I need God first and I need to be serving others and it needs to be about other people and not myself. Yeah, you know, something I think is so fascinating about your work is you're not just an actor, you're not just mm -hmm. in the industry, but you're also using it as a ministry tool, mm -hmm. uh, as a way to reach people. Tell me a little bit about that. Was that a motivation you always had or is that something that developed over time? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great question because the women in my world is so connected to me and that's the organization, the women in my world. And um, when I went to Hollywood back in 2009, I thought, okay, God's calling me to Hollywood. I'm going to be this massive superstar, you know, and I just, and, and he's done so many things in my life. But what I realized really quickly as I was sitting in this little acting class is that as God was speaking to my heart, he said, no, you're actually here for my women. And so what I realized in that moment was, is that women and men, but they were losing themselves in Hollywood in this world that is all reflective of ourselves, our, you know, the, the images upon us. And so the Lord told me, bring women into your home, praise my name first, yeah. and then pray. And so I went from two to 25, now a couple hundred. And so our mission has shifted a little. We started out where we work with the discipling and shepherding and mentoring, where we really started talking about talents and gifts. We started talking about identity, who is God, the attributes of Him. To now also, not only do we do that, but we now became a nonprofit in um, 2021. Mm -hmm. And we now actually financially support, we give resources to women to actually place them on the job in yeah. entertainment and media. We actually believe that if we want to start changing the culture for faith, family, and freedom, we need to actually build the influencers from the bottom up 
we need to pour into them God-honoring content, help them to cultivate that, and then to put them in places so that they can actually learn, be equipped. It's not a mandate. It's really about whether or not they're able to do the job, and then put them at the table so they can be making the decisions for what yeah. we are feeding our children and the world. All right, Trey, thanks so much for that conversation with Sherry Rigby there. Really appreciate it. We'll be looking forward to that new movie, Divine Influencer. And that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today. Yeah, so we're going to look at Psalm 3410. It's short and sweet, but I think uh, such an important reminder for us as believers. It says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That's fantastic. And, you know, as I'm in my yearly reading going through Ecclesiastes right now, if you take God out of it, you're going to be in a little bit of despair and lacking and it's vanity in the wind, but everything's profitable when you put God at the center of it. So to me, that those two fit kind of hand in hand. No, they do. And I think it's such a common sense, uh, common sense thing that it's so easy to just step off that path. But if we keep God at the center, it will all come together. Amen, brother. All right. That's where we are going to leave it on uh, the podcast today. Get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we shall return tomorrow with more. Friday Junior's next. God bless. See you then.